The Air Force is deep into an experiment called Pilot Training Next. It uses virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and biometrics to train fighter pilots more effectively and faster. For helicopter pilots, the Air Force's 23rd Flying Training Squadron built its own Training Next program. Federal News Network Scott Mossioni spoke with Captain Jared Hoffman, a Rotary Wing Next officer, Captain Matt Strick, Innovation Flight Commander, and Lieutenant Colonel Jake Biddingham, 23rd Flying Training Squadron Commander. When we were tasked with trying to uh, modernize the way that we train helicopter pilots for the Air Force, uh, we knew we needed to get away from the antiquated training methods that we had been done for, for years here. Um, I would argue when I came into this uh, squadron as first the operations officer, um, my first time being back in the squadron since I was a student here in 2002 to 2003, that the training methodology hadn't really changed uh, that much. So we knew there was room to grow and improve and, and kind of get better use of our, our resources and in, uh, in, in start applying some of uh, some of the uh, technologies that we were seeing, and the pilot training next model that was happening in Texas, uh, it was it was a really good model to to look out for consideration. And that question uh, came up at at this conference in at AFWorks Las Vegas that was hosted by the 19th Air Force Commander. So kind of looking at that model, what 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 can we do? And we really kind of grabbed, grabbed a hold of that as, as a group of subject matter experts in the, in the training pipeline for, uh, for helicopter pilot training. And when I say that pipeline, it's us at Fort Rucker at the undergraduate level. It's also the formal training units, or FTUs, at Kirtland Air Force Base who do the follow-on training for the UH-1 and Huey, the CV-22, and the uh, HH-60 for combat search and rescue roles. So um, when when we came up with uh, with kind of an idea, uh, a concept at, at AFWorks Vegas, we wanted to get on it right away because we did see the gains that were happening from Pilot Training Next in in, in Texas. So the programs were were completely unrelated. Uh, we just we just saw potential on it. And one one thing that we did not know that while Pilot Training Next was having success in transitioning, uh, you know, fixed wing virtual reality into actual performance in the aircraft, rotary wing aerodynamics is completely different, and that had been completely completely unproven to date for uh, for helicopters. So part of this experiment was can, can the technology actually work for our platform? And uh, Captain Huffman is our, our lessons learned officer uh, on, on this, and he can actually speak to that a little bit more. When we went into this project, we didn't have any kind of preconceived notion of what was going to come out of it, right? So we had some ideas of how we could uh, begin to utilize this technology, but really we were uh, conducting an experiment to see what works, what doesn't, and then to take those lessons learned from what does work, uh, incorporate it into a version two, and then um, go again, which we're anticipating. So um, right off the bat, uh, to my knowledge, there has not been a time where somebody has taken uh, a group of students who have not flown helicopters before, put them in a VR environment to learn to fly a helicopter and then go into an actual aircraft and, uh, and they'll learn to fly a helicopter in that order. So um, it, it, was, it was a bit of a question mark to see what would happen. Does it even work at all? If it does work, what are the consequences? What, what are the things that are going to make a, a VR student different than a typical student? So... Um, 
What, what we found is that, yes, absolutely, VR is an effective tool, and that, that's a really good way to go about it. The, with the way, with the kind of status of helicopter VR technology right now, um, because helicopter aerodynamics are more complex than fixed wing, and because the demand is lower for helicopter um, kind of virtual technology out there, uh, the 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 virtual reality technology for helicopters is not quite at the same level that it is for fixed wing when you look at what's been developed. So the the, the real question was um, was this going to be useful? And we found out that uh, yes, when you when you take the technology as it exists um, and and put students in it, you can get a a very significant jump start uh, in terms of their ability to control and fly the aircraft. Uh, and additionally, there's a lot of things that you can accomplish in that virtual environment that you uh, that you that saves training time uh, when you get to the actual aircraft. If that makes sense. So yeah. between those two of the the two of those things, then um, then we found that the that this was incredibly uh, successful and very useful. This is a. Uh are first in the Department of Defense to, to use this technology to train helicopter pilots at, at the undergraduate level. So being co-located with the Army here at, at Fort Rucker, they beat us to the punch as far as uh, aggressively uh, investing in virtual reality technology uh, to uh, to start training with, and uh, we've we've communicated with them. We've got a great relationship here with uh, with the Army at, at Fort Rucker, and so we saw what they were purchasing. We were telling them what what, what uh, we were looking at. So it was it was, it was a good exchange there. Um, but when we started our class, we were actually able to start our small group tryout before they did. About a month prior to, they just started in August and have not graduated yet. Um, you know, we did just graduate this class last Friday on October 11th, and the Army is still going through that process. And uh, they've reached out to me as, as soon as yesterday to because they saw that we graduated the class and they want to collect the lessons learned. So we still have the communication going uh, with our part, Army partner here at Fort Rucker. But then uh, also the, the Department of Navy, they train, train their uh, Navy and Marine Corps officers down at Whiting Field in Pensacola, Florida, which is not too far from here. And uh, I reached out to them on a phone call when we started this initiative because I wanted to know what everyone else was doing. And there's no point in working in vacuums because we're all trying to, you know, meet uh, a common goal uh, towards, um, you know, co contributing and executing the national security strategy. So when I called down there, they were just starting the conversations on how do we do this, and they didn't know what direction to go, that they were very grateful for the phone call, and, and they uh, came up here to visit us to see our see what we had purchased, how we're integrate, integrating it into training, collect our initial learns, and, and we'll continue to uh, to build that, that, that relationship. So, I mean, ultimately what uh, – what we're getting out of this is it's while, while this is a grassroots project, you know, where where pilot training next was its its own purposeful project on on can this work and uh, you know we're using that as a good example of of what to do. But this is this line of effort is completely in line with uh, you know some of our chief of staff's priorities, uh, General Goldfein's priorities, of that being a cost effectively modernized. This was not an expensive uh, project, and and to drive innovation, so. Um, between that and LOE's uh, effort of aggressively and cost-effectively modernizing education and training, uh, this project for us here at Fort Rucker and how we do business and train helicopter pilots uh, is, was spot on, and it was a complete success with a, with a lot of lessons learned to build upon for the future.
tell me what it is like to go through this program. So with Pilot Training Next, they have the opportunity to go into VR whenever they want to practice. You, you know, the, the biometrics are taken. So what are these trainees going through when they're, they're doing the rotary wing next? When we started this, they showed up on May 7th, and May 8th was their first day in virtual reality. So for us, it was more of a – it was a different approach at learning when we when we started to put them in there because we threw them in there in day one. We're like, hey, we're going to teach you how to hover this helicopter. We're going to teach you about you know a normal approach, a steep approach, and talk to them about these parameters. But at this point, they've had no academic classes that dealt with this. So it got to the point where we're now – teaching them, like, as they're doing it, we're teaching them aerodynamics of the helicopter, what forces are affecting it. We're teaching them the maneuver parameters. So every day they had 19 academic days that led up to their very first flight in the aircraft. So after every single day they had uh, time in virtual reality, which totaled up to about 23.5 hours before they hit the real aircraft. So they were learning all these maneuver parameters. They were learning how to run checklists. They were learning how to talk as a crew, use the crew crew resource management uh, internally to the aircraft. So normally when you get a student that goes through academics, day one on on the flight line, they hit the helicopter, and now they're trying to learn all this stuff as they're in a real helicopter. We're able to kind of do it with almost a time standstill stance where we're looking at we can teach it right there on the ground. We can go, we can pause it if we need to explain something. And then, you know, later on we take the pause out of it where they're doing everything 100% live. So when they got all this exposed to them in the VR and they finished up their academic classes, it was more of like the top off and like the last couple pieces of the puzzle form to put this together and realize, okay, this makes complete sense to me. So they uh, they were able to do the first, you know, 19 days of academics. They did 23.5 hours of virtual reality training that led them up to their first day. And once they got to the helicopter at that point, it was for them, they know how to talk, they know how to run checklists, they know how to start the helicopter. It's really honing their skills, fine-tuning what they've already learned on the ground and actually just putting that to work. So. 100% for us, you know, it was definitely a cost saving for us to get them in there, get that all done on the ground so we can actually focus on what we can do in a real helicopter and what real helicopters do by having to teach them, like, the more academic part of this is how to talk, this is how to read a checklist. Captain Matt Strick, Lieutenant Colonel Jake Biddingham, and Captain Jared Huffman of the Air Force's 23rd Flying Training Squadron speaking with Federal News Network Scott Mossioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 